Welcome to the Man Cave. It's the Man Cave Football Podcast with Dan Gasper. What up, what up? It is another edition of the Man Cave Football Podcast. I am Dan Casper, your host as always. Welcome to another episode. Quick question before we get going. Are you subscribing to the podcast? If you answer no, well, what the heck are you doing? We're on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to all your favorite episodes. So make sure you are subscribing so you never, ever miss another episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. But appreciate you tuning in uh, with this episode. Lots to talk about. We've got our studs and duds from week six of the NFL season now that week six is in the books. We've got games to watch this coming uh, week for week seven in the NFL. Uh, we're going to do my power rankings, my top five uh, power rankings, top five uh, teams in the NFL, uh, in my opinion at least. But uh, we kick things off as usual with little headlines. Uh, what's uh, what's the biggest news, uh, biggest topics surrounding the NFL uh, this previous week? Let's uh, start with some trades. We're, we're a couple weeks away, uh, officially less than two weeks away from the NFL trading deadline, but already a couple big-name players on the move and involves centers around one team, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams, moving on from Marcus Peters, he's traded to the Baltimore Ravens. Talk about that Ravens secondary now with him, at Earl Thomas, Humphrey, Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Carr, uh, Jimmy Smith. That's a, that's a nice secondary over there with the Baltimore Ravens. But then after that, uh, the Rams landing Jalen Ramsey in a trade uh, two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick for Jalen Ramsey. So that's pretty expensive for uh, the Rams right there. But they're deciding to go a little bit uh, younger, a little bit cheaper since uh, Ramsey is currently under a rookie contract right now uh, and will be for a, a, at least a little bit longer than uh, for the next couple of years possibly. But, uh, you know, that, was that a big, big price tag for the Rams? Was it too expensive? I mean, right now if the Rams don't trade back into the first round. They won't have a first round draft pick until 2022. I mean, so, I mean, they haven't had a first round draft pick now. It'll be in five years unless they trade back into it. So you, you look at this Rams situation and it's interesting because I mean, the Rams play in a division. Right now they're behind the, the 49ers who are undefeated. You got the, uh, uh, the Seattle Seahawks with just one loss. And the Rams, who are coming off of a Super Bowl appearance last year, a lot of talent in the world, but they're sitting there at three and three, so they're in a tough, uh, tough spot right now. But was corner really their biggest need? I don't know. I mean, they they need some help on that offensive line. You, you look within a division. Do they really even go up against a premier number one wide receiver where they thought they needed to upgrade uh, the cornerback spot right now? I, no, and I look at this Rams team. I, I think they're a little desperate, to be honest with you. Uh, they put all their chips uh, on the table in the middle of the table uh, these net, these last couple of seasons by by signing Todd Gurley to a huge contract. Jared Goff got a huge contract right now. They got Aaron Donald uh, a huge contract. Uh, they're, they're all in it. They got a lot of talent. Brandon you know Brandon Cooks is on there as well. Uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup's playing. Uh, some good good ball as a rookie right now too, or as, excuse me, a second year guy. So I mean, they're they're kind of desperate right now. They 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 realize that with a lot of the contracts they gave out, they have to go for it pretty soon here. And I just don't know if Jalen Ramsey is that that type of move that puts the Rams, you know, back at, back in this uh, division race as the, as the best team or the most talented team. 
Um, you know, it doesn't hurt them at all. But did they really improve that much that that they could catch the Seattle Seahawks? That they could catch the San Francisco Forty ers You know, this team, this Rams team, was so dependent on Todd Gurley. You go back to last year. Todd Gurley was, I mean, an MVP candidate for the first part of that season, or a big chunk of the season, three-fourths of the season. But that arthritis in his knee, that and when that knee started flaring up and acting up, that was a different team. They were able to get to the Super Bowl. But if Todd Gurley was healthy enough, if he was the guy that we saw at the beginning of the season, then I think the Rams win that Super Bowl against the Patriots. But this offense and this team runs, no pun intended, through Todd Gurley. And they weren't able to find. I mean, I think they went in with the game plan that okay, we're gonna have to try to, you know, not use and abuse him so much this year. But they didn't do a, a, a decent enough job on offense. I don't think in in getting him another or getting themselves another decent running back. You know, no offense, but I, I thought that if you're gonna do that, you better have you better have another nice option at running back. And I think, and their and their offensive line has been struggling right now too. So I think there was other holes on this offense, offensive line, and maybe another weapon at running back that a little bit more important than than moving on from from Peters and bringing in Jalen Ramsey. At least in my opinion, I just it doesn't this trades these trades don't make the Rams worse, but I don't know how much better they made them. I mean, I think Ramsey's a little bit better of a corner than Peters. But does this make them able to catch up with the Seahawks and the 49ers? I don't know. I, I, I don't know at this point. But, uh, you know, I don't know if this will be the last or in the only big trade out there. Trent Williams from Washington. Rumors circling. Could he be going to Cleveland? Um, you got A.J. Green. Are the Bengals going to move on from him? Try to catch uh, cash in on some maybe draft capital. Uh, you got Emmanuel Sanders from, from the Broncos. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those names I just listed off. I, I think Trent Williams might be the the most likely guy since he hasn't even reported to Washington yet. Um, AJ Green's going to be the intriguing one because you know coming off of an injury, he's going to want a lot of money this upcoming offseason. Is there whoever trades for him? Are they going to be willing to give him a big contract? Emmanuel Sanders might be a little bit more of a cheaper option um, at this point, even though he's going to be a free agent. But I, I can't see him commanding. The type of money like an like an AJ Green or a top tier wide receiver is going to want to get on the open market. So I think you're you're going to see some more trades uh, at, at this point. You know Ramsey and Peters obviously big ones there. AJ Green would be a big one as well. Uh, and Trent Williams is a pretty good uh, left tackle, so that would be a pretty decent trade there too. But I do think you're going to see uh, some more of those trades coming down the line. Three players I want to talk about uh, is. Looking at some quarterbacks, and there's going to be some changes, or possibly even more changes, uh, surrounding the quarterback play in the NFL. So Josh Rosen benched. He started off the season with the Miami Dolphins as the backup to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hasn't performed very well. Uh, now he's benched again. Marcus Mariota, former second overall pick, benched by the Titans. Jameis Winston, uh, talk now. It's getting closer and closer. How much uh, is Bruce Arians going to allow him to be out there on the field? Uh, even though Bruce Arians, when he was hired, a uh, big part of the reason was to try to fix Jameis Winston since it was well known that he was a Jameis Winston fan out there. But all eyes are going to be on that one now. But you got Marcus on the bench, you got Josh Rosen back on the bench, uh, and then Jameis Winston may be close. Uh, you, you look at those three quarterbacks, and Marcus and Jameis are going to be available on the open market next year. Uh, 
Josh Rosen with the Dolphins, if, if they get the first overall pick, if they draft a quarterback, got to imagine they are probably going to move on from Josh Rosen. Uh, so you look at Marcus, you look at Jameis, and you look at Josh Rosen. Who do you think? Who do you think would still has a pretty decent future in front of them? You know, I was I I like Josh Rosen coming out of UCLA. I know some people didn't like him because of his uh, arrogance, they called it, or his cockiness there a little bit. You look at Josh Rosen, not a good situation with the Cardinals last year, put into a bad situation with the Dolphins. I'd like to see Josh Rosen put into a nice, consistent offensive system. I really would. The one team I keep kind of going back to Josh Rosen is New England with the Patriots. Maybe he sits a year behind Tom Brady. And who knows, maybe he's the eventual successor to Tom Brady. Although, if you Josh Rosen and the way the first couple of years of your career has gone, I don't know if you want to be put in that spotlight of trying to replace Tom Brady. But, you know, Rosen, I'm, I'm not quite ready to give up on him. I think he's just been he's been put in some tough situations, and I don't think we've quite seen the full picture or the full story of Josh Rosen. Marcus Mariota, to me, is a little interesting, too, because he's gone through a bunch of different offensive coordinators uh, right now in different schemes and different types of offenses. Not too bad last year with Matt LaFleur. He's an interesting one to where I could see a team bringing him in as a starter, but he might be just one of those high-paid backups next year. Might be one of those high-paid backups next year. I think Rosen needs to be a backup in a in a system that they plan to keep him on for more than a, than a couple seasons, develop him into a system that fits him. I think Marcus Mariota uh, has to go in, a, in the right system as well. And then you got Jameis Winston, who was more – you remember when Mariota and Jameis Winston came out in that draft in 2015? There was a lot of talk that so when Chip Kelly was with the Eagles, wanted to try to find a way uh, to grab Marcus Mariota coached him in college at Oregon. You know, Jameis Winston, a little bit more of a pocket passer, bigger arm there. He just has trouble with his decision-making, his vision on the field and all that. I guess if I had to rank him, Jameis Winston would be three out of three in terms of who I think still has a decent future in this league. I might go go Marcus and Rosen and then Winston. I think that's where I'm going to go. Although, long-term, oh, man, I might put Rosen... I think Marcus and Josh Rosen, it all depends on the systems that they're in and if they can get some consistent uh, offensive coaching. Like an off- staying in the, in the same offensive system for more than just a year. I think Marcus and Rosen might benefit by being a backup next year, but with their future teams so they can understand that offense, learn that offense, and then pick it up after there. Jameis, I just don't know. The the big thing with James Winston to me is uh, is the on field vision, is the mistakes, the mental mistakes that he's making. I mean, he he's not going to be out of the league after this year. He might be a backup as well. But talk about three guys right now where you know future looked pretty bright and they might be on different teams next year and who knows if they're even going to be starters. You know, feel bad for Rosen because it sure looks like the Dolphins are probably going to draft a quarterback number one. Uh, Marcus, I mean, he, his time in Tennessee is going to be done. They're going to be looking for a quarterback. Jameis Winston, eh, it's not looking good right now. So we'll see. I want to talk about three teams right now, two through six weeks in the NFL, that uh, what's going on with them? Are they in trouble at this point? That's the Dallas Cowboys, who started off the season pretty good, and uh, a lot of people thinking they may be best in the NFC, including yours truly. They looked pretty dang good, especially on that offense, and now they've lost three in a row. 
Uh, you got uh, the Rams that we mentioned here a little bit. They're sitting there at three and three. Super Bowl appearance last year, playing in a tough division this year. They're behind the undefeated 49ers and the one-loss Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they just coming off that loss against the Rams and the, or excuse me, the 49ers. And then you got the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know. The darling team of the offseason made a lot of moves to bolster that roster. Odell, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, obviously a big one over there. So, I mean, they've got a lot of talent on there. Baker Mayfield coming into a second year. I bought into the hype. I tried not to, but I did because of that boatload of talent. thought they had the right mindset, a little swag to them. But they've been underperforming right now. I mean, are these three teams in trouble? I think uh, you look at the Rams and the Browns. The Browns have to compete against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I know Baltimore's kind of been up and down. You know, Lamar Jackson started off the season really hot. I mean, he was he was on fire. Kind of come down to earth here a little bit, but now they just picked up Marcus Peters for that secondary. Secondary looks pretty dang good with Baltimore. So, I mean, the Browns have to go up against, uh, and I know they beat Baltimore already, but with the inconsistency surrounding Cleveland right now, I kind of trust Baltimore a, a little bit more. But I can still see Cleveland pushing for a playoff spot. Uh, the Cowboys, you know, their main competition is going to be the Eagles. They're going up against each other this weekend. The Eagles have issues on defense, especially within their secondary. You know, can the Cowboys exploit that with Dak Prescott? I know Cooper's a little bit banged up here, but you know, so I mean, Dallas sitting at three and three, but they're still tied in first within their division. I think the Rams, though. After what we just got done talking about with Jalen Ramsey, I think they're the ones that are in the most trouble out of these three teams because of the two teams in front of them. The 49ers undefeated, and that defense looks legit, and the 49ers already beating uh, the Rams. Seahawks are going to be a tough out as well. Russell Wilson might be the MVP of this league right now. So if I had to pick which which of these three teams uh, that are in most trouble, I might pick the Rams, the, the team that just went to the Super Bowl last year uh, because of who's above them, and you look at that NFC, you know, the NFC North, a little bit better of a division. At this point, you got the Packers at 5-1, and one. Minnesota's got two losses, Chicago's got two losses, the Lions have two losses, 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Uh, So, I mean, you're looking at that. How many playoff spots are, gonna, are there going to be? You know, you're going to have your division winner in the NFC West and then probably a wild card out of there, the way it's looking right now. Same for the NFC North. Two teams might come out of there. So the Rams right now, I think they're in the most trouble. They are definitely in the most trouble, in my opinion, looking at uh, those three teams. But, you know, Cowboys, I think they still got enough time. I know there's a lot of talk about Jason Garrett. Is he on the hot seat? Is he going to be let go before the end of the regular season? Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, let's give it a few more weeks here. Browns, given the fact that Steelers, they're not going anywhere. Cincinnati's not going anywhere. Uh, and, the, and the fact that the Browns already beat Baltimore, that helps them out. I still think they've they've got enough time, uh, and I think they can even even if they don't win that AFC North, they can get in uh, via wild card if need be. Let's do my studs and duds from Week Six. Let's start it off with the with the studs. Uh, who were two guys that stood out uh, to me, or a couple players that stood out to me? And this week I've got three of them, but I'm pairing two of them up uh, together. But I'm going to start off with Sam Darnold coming back, uh, coming back from. Mono and going up against those Dallas Cowboys where the Jets got their first victory of the season. Uh, Sam Darnold went 23 of 32, 338 yards, two touchdowns. I uh, did have a pick, but a quarterback rating of a 117.6. Uh, so I think it's clearly obvious that this uh, this Jets team is a lot better with Sam Darnold at, at quarterback. A lot better. 
My other studs, uh, I'm, I'm combining these two. I'm going with uh, Preston Smith and Zadaria Smith. They continue to uh, just be impressive players for that Green Bay Packers defense. Preston got a sack and a half. Uh, Zadarius a sack uh, against the Detroit Lions. Uh, each of them had two quarterback hits as well and a couple tackles each. So uh, those, those Smith guys, the Smith brothers, have just continued to get off to an amazing start uh, this season for that Packers defense, uh, the duo right there. The only two uh, guys on the same team in the top ten in sacks in the NFL. So I've got Zadarius and Preston Smith. I'm combining them both since they do their interviews together as my other studs for the week. How about my duds? Uh, Jared Goff, 13-24 for 78 yards and zero touchdowns. Jared Goff, you got a big old new contract. To throw for under 100 yards... And Todd Gurley not in the game is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. If you're going to be paid like a, a premier quarterback in this league, play like a premier quarterback in this league, especially when your main guy is out and he's not going to be the same old main guy that we that we saw the last year or the year before. Jared Goff's got to play better than that. And then sticking with the quarterback, another dud, Josh Rosen, 15-25, uh, 85 yards, and two interceptions. Josh Rosen had a chance. Now, like I was saying before, put in a tough spot with Miami that's clearly tanking. Clearly tanking. But then Ryan Fitzpatrick came in, threw for 12 uh, 12 of 15 for over 100 yards. And Josh Rosen's been struggling so far this year in Miami. Tough situation. I don't think it's necess- I don't think it's com- near done for Josh Rosen in his career, but that still was a pretty dudful uh, that's, I don't even know if that's a word, but that was a dreadful performance against the previously winless Washington Redskins, too. So my two duds, two quarterbacks, Jared Goff and Josh Rosen. It's now time for my power rankings, my top five teams through the first six weeks of the NFL. Let's go with number five. Uh, I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks uh, still there with one loss. They just defeated the Browns. Uh, Russell Wilson might be the MVP so far of the league right now. I've got the Seahawks at number five. At number four, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers uh, escaping with a victory over the Detroit Lions, uh, a lot of talk about the officiating in that game. And, yeah, it definitely was uh, questionable at best. Packers probably got away with uh, some calls helping them out uh, against the Detroit Lions there. But, nonetheless, Detroit uh, probably shouldn't have settled for a lot of field goals. They've got to punch it in the in the end zone there. But, uh, you know, give Green Bay credit with three turnovers. They were still able to hang around in that game and ultimately win it with the last-second field goal. But they've got one loss, that defense – uh, and that off that offense seems to be coming together here a little bit uh, as well. You know, one week it's Aaron Jones. This past week it was Jamal Williams coming back uh, from his concussion. Aaron Rodgers without Devonta Adams, uh, even with uh, with receivers getting six drops as Matt Lafleur counted them. You know, still able to get it done. So that that team seems to be coming together right now. Uh, so they're at number four. Number three, I've got the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. That running game from the 49ers and that defense from the 49ers is legit. Legit. Uh, so I got the 49ers at number three. Uh, I am putting the Saints at number two, uh, still at one loss here. And a lot of that almost kind of has to do with uh, Drew Brees is going to be coming back to this uh, to this team. Uh, so I, I've got the Saints at number two. And then Patriots sitting there at number one because, well, they're the Patriots and they're undefeated too. Uh, so 49ers, uh, you can make the case that they're number two right now. Um but their, but their biggest win was this past week against the Rams. It definitely was a statement game. 
that definitely was a statement game. And, you know, in the previous podcast, I was talking about statement games. Houston Texans made a statement victory over the Kansas City Chiefs, too. So, I mean, they're just on the outside looking into my top five, the Houston Texans. That was a big win, big win by the Houston Texans over the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's uh, wrap up this episode with my games to watch uh, in Week 7. Got a few of them here. Uh, let's look at Minnesota-Detroit's NFC North. I still think is the best division in football. The Lions uh, a little peeved after their Monday night loss against uh, the, the Green Bay Packers because of the officials' calls. Can they use that aggression, that energy, and uh, beat the Minnesota Vikings? The Vikings, uh, their offense is playing a little bit better. Kirk Cousins throwing it all around the place uh, to Stephon Diggs last week. So offense, especially the passing offense, looks to be clicking at least in the last couple weeks for the Minnesota Vikings, but they're going to be going up against a motivated Detroit Lions team. And uh, this is, I still, like I said, I still think this is the best division in football. Yeah, the NFC West has given it a little bit of a run for its money since the Cardinals have won their last couple games as well. But uh, this is a big game uh, in terms of can Detroit, you know, get their third win and stay at uh, or get above 500. They're at 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Minnesota, they don't want to suffer their third loss looking up at Green Bay two games back and then Chicago uh, as well. So big NFC North battle there. I'm going to go with Houston and Indy. Big AFC South battle. Houston coming off of a big victory. Indianapolis, they're they're at three and two. They're at three and two. So I mean they're not far off either from Houston at this point. So this is a big, big battle in the AFC South that could have a division championship implications attached to it. Uh I'm gonna go with the Saints and Chicago. Both coming off buys. Uh Chicago coming off that bad loss against the Raiders. Saints, can they continue to get the job done until Drew Brees gets back? Teddy Bridgewater going to have his hands full against that Bears defense. So I got Saints in Chicago. I'm going to go with Baltimore and Seattle. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, uh, 4-2. They've got uh, they've got Marcus Peters on that team now going up against maybe the MVP of this league, Russell Wilson. Uh, so Baltimore, Seattle, and then Dallas and Philly. Uh, the NFC East battle for first place will be between these two teams this weekend. Can Dallas's passing game take advantage of that Philadelphia Eagles secondary right now. So I'm looking at that uh, NFC East battle between Dallas and Philly. That's going to be a good game as well, and that'll be for first place. Uh, uh, the winner, 4-3. and three. Loser will be down to 3-4. and four. So lots of good games this weekend as we head into Week 7 of the NFL season. But that's it for this episode of the Man Cave Football Podcast. I am your host, Dan Casper. As always, reminder... Reminder, if you are not subscribing, what are you doing? We're on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe. Don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, give me a good ranking. Give me a good rating as well. Would appreciate that. But uh, this is the Man Cave Football Podcast. I am Dan Casper. Join me next time as we recap Week 7 of the NFL. All the latest headlines, stories, and all the games.